Hello, and welcome to Birth of Family Church Podcast. We trust that you'll find an encouraging word to strengthen your walk with the Lord. And if you're visiting the area, or if you're looking for a good church home, come check us out at birthedfamilychurch.org. There you can find our location and service times. Thanks again for tuning in. God bless. got your Bibles this morning, go ahead and access those and uh, get them opened up. At least get ready, get your app fired up. Let's get things going here. I I did want to tell those who are watching, we we do appreciate you logging in and being a part of our services. You know, we, we really consider you as a part of this family. And uh, we're just thankful that you're there. We thank you for your support. We thank you for just uh, hooking up with us and and helping. Because, you know, as you're believing there, you're helping us here and helping us all. So glad you're here. Glad you're a part of what the Lord's doing at BFC. Amen. This morning, uh, I'm going to talk about something that I'm not sure in 30-some-odd years of pastoring, I've really talked on this subject matter, maybe touched it or alluded to it, but I'm not sure that I hit it head-on or straight-on, so to speak. And this morning, I want to talk about uh, you and I in in regards to, you know, we're not perfect. Did did you find that out yet? And uh, we have... We have... uh, we have failed many times. In fact, uh, there are times where we have, you know, either indirectly or directly uh, failed the Lord. That we did things that maybe at the time we, we knew better, but we did them anyway. And uh, we have fallen short from God's glory. And uh, there's been times, and I know that you've experienced it, I've experienced it, in those times of failure, in those times of, you know, you know, actually sinning against the Lord, so to speak. Doing that which is wrong that we knew was wrong. That it, it seemed, it, it felt like that, that, that our relationship with him was impacted by it. That maybe he was looking at us in a different way now because of what we did. Am I the only one that I'm speaking to this morning? Can can you relate to that? And so I'd like to talk about that this morning. I want to talk a little bit about how to deal with those, those times, those seasons where we've missed it. Because I've noticed that, you know, our enemy, he preys on those sort of things. See, he wants wants to get us to look at ourselves, especially through our behavior. 
And when we do that, that will stir up negative emotions. Emotions of sorrow. Emotions of regret. Emotions that, that, that gives us this false image that, that God is, you know, displeased in us or even mad at us. But, you know, we have an example of two of the Lord's disciples. I mean, part of the twelve that sinned against the Lord. In fact, if you, if you thought about what they did, it was almost as if they committed the impardonable sin. And if God had a right to be mad at these guys... You know, he'd be the same way with me. And so, you know the two I'm talking about. There's two that turned their back on Jesus in his hour of passion and actually denied him. Isn't really that what we do when we do things our way and not his? It's really a measure of denying him. So we know about Judas. We know how Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver and disclosed the location of Jesus so that they could come and arrest him. And even when the soldiers showed up, Judas went up to Jesus and kissed him on the cheek to identify who Jesus was so that the soldiers would know who they came to arrest. And then we know about good old Peter, or should we say Pete. You know, he was all bold to say before the pressure hit, you know, Lord, I'll never deny you. I'll never leave you. I'm going to die with you. Remember, remember Pete saying all that? But then in that night in which Jesus was arrested and he was being held captive in this, in this structure, Peter came in through the doorway of that building and so that he could hear and listen or at least try to find out what was going on with the Lord and his arrest. And three times, people came to him and said, aren't you one of his disciples? And three times Jesus said, no, I never knew him, and denied Jesus. I mean, you know that when that happened, that these two began to experience sorrow, regret, condemnation, guilt, maybe even fear. Under that burden of emotion, Judas killed himself. And under that same burden of emotion, Peter came back to the Lord and received forgiveness. Now, how could two disciples, hand-trained by Jesus for three and a half years, how could they 
first and foremost, turn their back on Jesus. But then one of them was pushed to the brink through suicide, and then the other returned. What's the difference? What's the difference? You got your Bibles? Go ahead and open up to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. And as you look for that opening or if we're able to get it up on projection, um, understand that when you and I fail, and especially when we fail the Lord, there comes a sorrow. The word sorrow means to be sad or saddened. And this word sorrow is translated with different English words throughout the New Testament. It's, it's translated as grief, grievously, grudgingly, heaviness, and sorrow. I think one of our most influential enemy that you and I have is our emotions. Our emotions consistently betray us. Because emotions equate to feelings, which bring a perception. And it be, those perceptions become so real that we begin to think that that's reality. So both of these men, Judas and Peter, their, their sorrow, their sadness, their grief, their, their guilt began to fuel an emotion in them that, that they became irrational. That their feelings to them became, uh, they become a reality to them. And Judas just followed that reality and killed himself. Peter got free from that deception of his emotions and came back to Christ. You see, the Bible teaches, of, teaches us of two different kinds of sorrow. Judas had one type. Peter had the other. And it's important to know we choose which sorrow we embrace. That's the good news this morning. Hey, I get to choose which sorrow I embrace because we can't eliminate sadness in our life. We can't eliminate failure in our life. We can't, we can't eliminate disappointment in our life. Every one of us has it. It's interesting, we go through life and we feel like we're the only one that misses it like that. Well, that's just because those around you just are putting on a happy face. But there's nobody that's immune from failure. <laughs> Amen! It's like dodgeball. Sooner or later, the ball's going to hit you. <laughs> right? You with me, 2 Corinthians 7.10? Notice this first kind of sorrow is called godly sorrow. A godly sadness. A godly guilt. A godly 
grief. It will draw us, it will lead us to repentance. But, there's that three-letter word, but there's also a sorrow of the world that leads us to what? Death. Understand that this worldly Sorrow, this sorrow that, that puts us in a, a direction and on a course towards death, it separates us from God. We've got to be careful of those sadnesses, those disappointments, those guilts that, that make us want to turn away from God, thinking that He's disappointed in us. Amen. Because it says that the godly sorrow will draw us to God. And that's the right choice that Peter made. They had the same negative emotions. They still considered what they had done and wished they hadn't. But Peter allowed that sorrow to bring him towards God to be released from it. And Judas took the other path. Listen to this. Worldly sorrow, the sorrow that Judas had, has its hope in ourselves. And because I failed and disappointed God, I can't turn back to God, and I will live with this burden forever. Godly sorrow, godly sadness, godly remorse has its hope in God. So that when we turn back to God, he will receive us and wash us clean and remove sadness. I, at least someone's amening the pastor. <laughs> Thank you, sweetie. <laughs> Worldly sorrow is being condemned to the part or to the place that you yourself can't right the wrong. Godly sorrow is encouraged by the promise of God that the Lord will right the wrong through forgiveness. Amen. It's up to us which path we take. It's up to us to understand that emotions sometimes are not a clear depiction of reality. It's interesting that if I'll look over my shoulder, and maybe you could do the same. In areas of my life, when I've made, when I've done, where, where I've missed it, where I've failed, where I've, you know, this, what I thought was disappointing God. 
It was when I made an emotional decision. Many people get married or get involved with people simply on an emotional decision. And later on, caused havoc, loss, and destruction in their life. They misinterpreted their feelings. They misinterpreted where those feelings were coming from and followed them. And so, when I was preparing this, this service, in fact, I was, we were going to go in a completely different direction this morning. And somehow, it, this is what we got, whatever's on this page. And uh, I really felt in my heart that there are some of us, maybe, maybe even some watching today, that for long periods of time, you have felt God is displeased with you. You, you feel that you have an unworthiness because of failures and, and, and past bad decisions and, and, and bad behavior. And you're, you even have tr trouble worshiping the Lord because you don't think you can get close to him. Now, this is what one of the things the Lord wanted me to say this morning is that we can never everybody say never. never we can never judge how God looks at us the way we look at ourselves. did you see that see in those times of this sorrow and this grief and this self-condemnation, it's self-condemnation. God doesn't condemn any of you and I. That's what tells us in Romans 8.1. There's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now and forever. So if I view myself as being unworthy and, 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 and not in the same level that I can come into his presence because of my failures and my inabilities. How I see myself is not how God sees me. And we have got to resist our, and get free from self-condemnation because it's a lie. I said it's a lie. I said it's a lie. Anybody remember Todd Bailey? Yeah. <clears throat> he talked about the prodigal son. How many of you know sometimes you and I, we think we are the prodigal son when we consider our failures? Now, how did the prodigal son see himself? 
He saw himself as being unworthy to come back to the father's house. Because he said, I can no longer be his son, so I'm going to be a servant. Remember that? So the prodigal son saw himself as a slave. Saw himself as a servant. And he assumed that that's how his father was looking at him. Which was what? Completely opposite. This is why how you see yourself is not how God sees you. I don't care what your mommy and your daddy said to you when you were growing up. I don't care, you know, what group of people you were in in school. Those things do not depict who you are. I don't care what you've been through in life, what you've done, what you've done right, what you've done wrong. Your behavior does not define you in terms of your relationship with God. And don't let it define you. Don't let it define you. So what was the father's point of view? Now, the, the son saw himself as a slave. Only worthy to labor for the father and not to be treated as a son. But what did the father see in his son? And this is what Todd was pointing out. It just I saw that and I went, awesome. It talked about how the father... While the son was still out there doing his worldly things, the father would go out and look at the horizon for his son returning. And so in that emotional captivity we find ourselves in, saying, oh, I'm, I'm, I failed, oh, I miss it, oh, I never get it right, oh, I'm this, I'm that, oh, wah, 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 wah. Come on. While you and I are looking at ourselves that way, God's going, I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm here for you. I'm looking for you. I've already made provision for you. Come on, come on, come on. Amen. And so this, this godly sorrow, this godly sorrow leads to repentance because we see the love of God for us. And it's not based on what we just did wrong or how we failed or how we feel. It's based on who he is. And he's love. And he's forever having his hand extended out to us. And he's looking for us. So godly sorrow, a godly sadness, does have a season where we feel bad. And we have these emotions. But then we look past those. We look past those emotions and we start seeing the character of God and what he's told us in his book. How he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll never condemn us. He'll never point his finger at us. He'll never withhold any good thing from us. And that begins to lead us back to him. So this morning... I want us to get free. I want us to get free of this self-judgment, this self-condemnation, 
this negative way that we look at ourselves and the lies that are telling us that that's how God sees us. And I want to get these things under our feet. There's some under the sound of my voice right now that you've been under this yoke of guilt for decades. There's a failure that happened that you experienced years ago and you have yet to forgive yourself and you have yet to receive the fullness of God's forgiveness. And so you're still making ungodly choices because that's how you see yourself. And that's what a person does that sees himself that way. You make ungodly choices because you're not worthy of God. And so you just keep repeating the same failures over and over and over and over and over and over. Now, I don't mean to say this to offend anybody, but I know of individuals that have gone from one relationship to the, and it fails, and to a next relationship and it fails, and to the next relationship and it fails because they keep getting entangled with the same type of person. And they're drawn to that person that hurts them, that harms them, that takes advantage of them because that's how they see themselves. And I deserve to have that kind of abuse. And so the way they see themselves keeps manifesting in their choices and their life is the same. No matter who they're with because they're always choosing the same person. I'm smiling, hallelujah. How many know sometimes we have to hear things that shine light and reveal truth? It doesn't feel real good, right? But hey, we're not living by feelings. You know, it's interesting. The Lord showed me this, this, this past week. Jesus said himself, you shall know the truth. And what happens? Then the truth will free you. Well, not too many people are getting free. Because they don't want to hear the truth. See that? Oh, he, he said, if I know the truth, he set me free. They see the free part, but they don't really see how to get it. You've got to come to terms with the reality of your decision making. And we need truth to illuminate it. And when the truth shines light on our decision making, we go, oh, I see now. And so we change from doing it that way and start deciding this way. That's when you become free. Being free is a decision to follow him. In his ways. And that's not always fun. You know, I don't like going to the gym. I don't like pumping it up. Right? Because it 
is painful. It takes concerted effort. And there's always that guy in the gym that looks so much better than me. <laughs> right? And I don't need to see that right now. <laughs> but it bears fruit. I said it'll bear fruit if I'm consistent. Amen? All right, so I got to button this up. Or should we? Okay. I see, I see what he wants us to do. <clears throat> I thought this was going to be a one and done service. You know, come in and leave. Uh, <laughs> it sounds like we need to camp here a little bit. <laughs> I, I, thank you, ma'am. I, I think we need to park here at least one more service. Because we're, we're talking about things that we're all of a sudden going, really? Me? And I think we need to allow the Holy Spirit and the word that we've heard to kind of uh, marinate for a little bit. And what we're going to talk about next week is just simple steps to get our past to stay in the past and stop reliving our past. You and I have got to stop reliving our past failures. Right? And we, he wants us free. He's made it available for us to be free, but we got to get free his way. It's funny how we, we, we want to get free our way. Like, you know, I want to get, I want to get all buff and everything just by putting on the, the fancy gear. You know? I got, fan, I, you know I, got, I got the fancy gear, but I don't want to work out. Right? So let, let's, let's, let, let's let, let this marinate a little bit. Let's do a, a self-evaluation. What failures keep reoccurring in my life? Why am I going from this relationship to this relationship to this relationship to this relationship? Hmm? How come I'm always broke? I'm always broke. I'm always broke. How come I'm always sick? I'm always sick. How come I don't like to worship? How come I don't like to pray? How come I can't break through the veil of just going to one service a week? How come my, the house, the home environment that I live in, you know, seems like someone released a stink bomb in it, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We can allow truth to set us free. Amen? So go ahead and stand up. Father in heaven is blatantly obvious to each one of us that we have failed, we've made mistakes. And some of these mistakes we have yet to get released from or, or 
We have yet to be free from them. And the residue of this sorrow, this residue of guilt and self-condemnation is still operating in my life. And so a failure that happened yesterday, I'm making that same thing happen today. And so, Lord, I want to be free. I want the truth. Even as hard as it is to accept, I want the truth to come to the forefront. And I want to be like that prodigal son. I want to come back to Father's house in that that I'll see myself the way God sees me. And I'll be completely free from every burden, every encumbrance, everything that's hindering me from just wrapping my arms around my God without any sense of guilt or fear or condemnation. So prepare our heart for the next time we come together on a Sunday morning. Get us ready, Lord, so that when the time comes for us to walk in the light of that truth, that we can do it with all of our heart and be in a position where we are free. Lord, I thank you for it right now. Just begin to thank him. You know, faith thanks the Lord for something that yet is to come to pass. Amen. So, Lord, we're thanking, thanking you for freedom now. We're thanking you for light now. We're thanking you for truth now. We're thanking you for making us free. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So thanks for coming out this morning. I'm glad that you were here. I'm glad that you set your clocks ahead.